0: Hello and welcome into the Daily Blues podcast on this Tuesday, December 10th of 2019. The Blues in Buffalo tonight to take on the Sabres. Trying to snap a two-game losing streak, get back in the win column. The Blues had one forced raid prior to dropping the previous two. Jordan Kyrou will make his debut tonight. We'll touch on all things Kyrou, of course, as we did yesterday in our podcast. We'll hear from Jamie Rivers in just a little bit. Jordan Jeremy Rutherford is with the team in Buffalo as well. So we'll get you squared away with Blues Sabres tonight. Mentioned the Blues dropping two straight and looking forward to tonight's game as they take on Buffalo. Craig Barubi spoke to Chris Kerber this morning on the Boardwalk Hardwood Floor Coaches Show, which you can hear tonight at 6.15 on our pregame skate, the BMW West St. Louis pregame skate at 6.15 tonight with Kerber and Baruby, the Coaches Show. Here is Kerbs and Baruby talking this morning, and it's really Baruby talking and the clip of him on what he wants to see fixed after losing those two straight games.
1: Urgency, and um, you could, I could tell right away in the games, were just not sharp. You know, like we're not urgent, we're not crisp, and, you know, there's no jump. And that's a mental thing, and it's not physical, it's mental. Um, they've had time where they can rest, and so physically I think we're fine, but it's just mental, it's it's another game. we got to get out there and get after it. And, you know, we're playing teams that, you know, they're they're, they're desperate teams, and they're fighting for spots and that's the way it is in this league so when you take a night off mentally you can get burnt and we did
0: a lot of truth in what craig says there there's a lot of truth in what burby says all the time really but um teams are desperate right now fighting for points blues are one of those teams but they have done a nice job to collect so many points that it's not the end of the world when they lose a game or two. Don't want to get it to three or four games. Starts tonight in Buffalo, snapping the two game skid, that's for sure, and got to get back to collecting points, absolutely. So again, that will be on the Boardwalk Hardwood Floor Coaches Show tonight on our St. Louis Blues pregame show around 6.15 this evening on 101 ESPN. All right, so it will be Jordan Kyrou's debut tonight. Austin Boganski will also make his debut for the Blues on the fourth line. Kyrou will play with Shen and Schwartz. He'll play on the right side of Shen. Boganski will be on the fourth line on the right side of De La Rose. McEachern on the left. So two rookies in the lineup tonight. Jordan Kyrou is the main focus because he's the higher draft pick, has the more appeal around him, if you will, more upside. He's the more offensive threat, that's for sure. And the Blues need offense right now. They need some speed. They need some skill. Kyrou certainly brings that at 15 points in 16 games in the AHL with the San Antonio Rampage. So Jordan Cairo makes his debut tonight. Uh, Jamie Rivers was on uh, the Stalter and Rivers show today, and he just talked about and he was asked if this is going to be a long-term thing for Jordan Cairo.
2: Well, it's tough to say. You know, the guys who are out injured right now are regular players. You know, even down to Sammy Blay, who was playing fantastic for the Blues. So, you know, you add those three guys to your lineup. And and then you look at a guy like Jordan Cairo, where does he fit in in the top six? It's pretty tough to say, right? Um, But then again, it's a performance-based league, for the most part anyways. And and when you get these young guys who can put numbers up, if if Jordan Cairo comes in and and helps put the puck in the net or puts the puck in the net himself, then it's pretty hard to justify sending him down after that. So, you know what, The, the ball is in his hands to run with it right now. And I think Doug Armstrong and Craig Baruby and the staff will probably do daily evaluations on Jordan Cairo. And if the pros outweigh the cons, then yeah, he'll be here for long-term.
0: So it absolutely is up to Jordan Cairo and whether he stays up here with all the injuries, guys. The, with the health of the Blues getting better, Sunquist, Steen are skating closer to returning. Zach Sanford's only considered day-to-day. So Jordan Cairo has a... Small window of opportunity here to prove that he belongs, and let's hope he does that. Jeremy Rutherford was on with the Stalter River show as well with Stalter Sands Rivers. It was Michelle and Michelle Smallman and Alex Ferrario filling in for Stalter and or filling in for Rivers today. I beg your pardon. They covered a lot of topics with the with JR, including uh, the Alex Petrangelo rumors, but of course they started with Jordan Cairo, what he's going to bring, Jordan, uh, and he goes more in depth on the kind of national. Look uh, around our hype surrounding Jordan Kairou. Shares a nice story there. So here's JR from earlier today on the Staltern River Show.
2: Uh, with Jordan Kairou playing on the second line.
3: Yeah, I think he's given him a chance to succeed there. And uh, there was some speculation yesterday. We were all trying to guess would he put him in one of those top six uh, positions? Uh, would he play him on the left side with O'Reilly and Perron? I think what Craig Brubie is doing here is making a lot of sense. Jordan Kairou's played the the right side, uh, even though he played the left a little bit early in his career. Uh, but he'll be a good fit with Shen and Schwartz. And like Ruby said today, after the morning skate in Buffalo, uh, we want to put him in a position where he'll, he'll do well.
0: Uh, JR, I know a lot of people have waited for this moment for Jordan Cairo. He's been dominating in the AHL. Can you give fans out there who are listening maybe a scouting report on his game?
3: Yeah, he's just got a ton of speed. Uh, there's a writer at the Athletics, Scott Wheeler, and he took – I want to say about five or six topics uh, a year or so ago, uh, just kind of things that people were talking about in hockey. And he just went into a lot of detail. And one of the things that he picked up on was Jordan Cairo's speed and what makes him so fast and and quick on the ice. And, you know, he he got real detailed with his edge work and and just how he angles to get to different positions on the ice. So this just isn't somebody in St. Louis saying the Blues have a, a really quick prospect in Jordan Cairo this is something that's known throughout the NHL and people who cover uh, the American Hockey League. I went to San Antonio last year and watched a game, and Jordan Cairo dominated the game. He comes back from the knee injury this year, Michelle, and he's got 15 points in 16 games. Nine of those are goals. So he's done everything he can at the American Hockey League level. Here's the thing. Is he 100% healthy? I think in a perfect world... Uh, they would have loved to have left him down in San Antonio just a little bit longer to make sure that he's a hundred percent, but they're in a bind right now with these injuries and they need a player up at the top. So, uh, he's going to bring a lot of speed to that uh, top six.
4: Well, another change, Jr., that the Blues are doing tonight is they're they're putting Austin Poganski in the lineup, and it looks like Nathan Walker is going to be a healthy scratch. Is that just because of uh, Walker being kind of quiet in his last couple of games, or do they want to see what this Pagansky can offer on the fourth line, who, if I remember correctly, had a really good training camp in preseason?
3: Yeah, a couple things here, Alex. Is uh, Peganski had a great training camp, went to North uh, Dakota captain, uh, kind of climb the ranks in the Blues system in terms of impressing them. And, and the biggest thing was that training camp. Um, so he's been up with the team for a little while. They sent him to the American Hockey League over the weekend just to get a game in because he hadn't uh, played well. But, you know, they, they won a bottom six forward. And Walker has been a little quiet. Walker's more of a top six guy. Uh, so they plugged Pagansky. And I think part of the other reason, too, is, you know, you've had Pagansky up here all this time kind of be tough to call Kyru up plug him in and not even play Pagansky um, so that they'll both get a shot today uh, Pagansky making his NHL debut and then Cairo, as we talked about in the lineup so Walker sits this one game you know I think he's been uh, pretty good uh, Craig Ruby said nothing really with his game that, that leads you to sit him out it's just the circumstances here
4: Jeremy Rutherford our Blues Insider with the Athletic joining us right now right now on Stalter and Rivers on 101 ESPN Jer, can you update us on some of the injured players?
3: Yeah, uh, just a couple of them, uh, Steen and Sunquist. Of course, they've been out, uh, Steen with the high ankle, and then Sunquist has the lower body. Uh, they did make the trip to Buffalo, even though it's a one-off game here, up and back. A lot of times a situation like that, you know, Alex would know this, uh, uh, you don't make that trip uh, if you're not close to playing, but because, uh, you know, they want to be on the ice skating with the team, they did participate in the morning skate. They get the treatment after the practice. They just get themselves in the flow of rejoining the team. Talked to Craig Bruby afterwards and he wouldn't commit to it, Uh, but he said that Thursday was a possibility uh, when the Blues get back from Buffalo, Thursday a possibility for Steve and or Sundquist, uh, but we'll have to wait and see.
0: JR, uh, we've seen some rumors on the internet about Blues captain Alex Petrangelo, so I certainly wanted to ask you about it. There's been some reports swirling that Toronto had sent uh, an offer to St. Louis for Petro. Have you heard anything about that? And if so, do you think it's something that the Blues would even consider?
3: You know, I think that uh, Toronto is a team that makes a lot of sense. First of all, he's from there, and most importantly, uh, they need a right-handed shot defenseman. We're talking a top pair guy, like you can't, like Panger says, like you read about. Like they they need a right shot defenseman like Alex Petrangelo. So it makes all the sense in the world. Have the two teams talked with him the last year? I believe they they definitely have. I know there's interest on uh, Toronto's side. The thing is, Alex Petrangelo has a full no-trade clause, and we're talking about a guy who's captain of the team, established a family here, won the Stanley Cup, first player in Blues history to raise that cup. You know, does he want to leave, and what's he going to make on that next contract? You know, obviously a team like uh, Toronto, if he made it to free agency, could could pay that. Um, So he has the power right now with that no-trade clause. Contract talks right now, I can tell you guys, um, have been a, at a little bit of a stalemate. They did meet in Toronto a couple months ago, and I believe uh, you know there's a possibility that they met as well last night talking about Alex Petrangelo's representatives and uh, Doug Armstrong trying to get a resolution to keep uh, Alex Petrangelo in St. Louis. So to me, from what I've heard, is he does not have interest in playing in Toronto, but those rumors are going to continue because of the need and because uh, the geography, it makes sense in being from there.
4: Jr., uh, you put it out earlier. Jake Allen looks like he's going to be in between the pipes tonight for the Blues, and some fans might be surprised by that because of Jordan Bennington, and you know, looking at him as the number one goaltender. But if you look at the overall workload of Jake Allen this season, he's been playing like a number one goaltender, and I think right now. B- between the f- fatigue factor that is for Bennington and how many games he's played already, and then also with Jake Allen's play, you need your best chance to win, and he's given it to you.
3: Yeah, the only thing that really surprised me, not so much that Jake's playing tonight, it's that they, uh, according to Craig Berube today, Alex, he said that they had this pinpointed that Jake Allen would play in Buffalo. Hmm. You know, Jordan Bennington is their 1A goalie, if not, you know, one, and then and then Jake is two. Uh, but this is a situation where they've been rotating them back and forth. In normal circumstances, when you've got a 1A goalie like a Jordan Biddington, he gives up four goals on 11 shots. You come back with him right. in the game and give him a shot to kind of just regain his footing. The Blues aren't doing that. I don't think it speaks to they don't have any faith in Biddington, uh, but I think that it speaks to a lot of uh, belief in, in, in what Jake Allen's doing right now. Also, you got to remember they got a big stretch of games coming up, and Jake Allen has terrific uh, – uh, numbers against the Buffalo Sabres. I think he's 6-1-1 with a 1.4... 5.8 Five, eight goals against average and a 9.46 save percentage in his career against Buffalo. So, um, you know, he's he's got the numbers they are going to go with him tonight. I would expect we'd see Jordan Bennington when the Blues come back home.
4: Jared, do you think it's going into the decision-making also that Jake Allen's play on the road and for how many games? I mean, if you got to go back to January of last year to find out a little span of games that he's played at home, are you still maybe seeing that trend where it's Jake Allen on the road and Jordan Bennington at home?
3: Yeah, we saw a little bit of that last year. Or a lot of bit of it, I guess, is the way we should say that uh, <laughs> because they did go to strictly with uh, Jake Allen seeing all those road games and, and Jordan Biddington playing at home. I don't know if the Blues can put themselves back into that situation. You know, I I think you have a goalie who you think is a goalie uh, for the foreseeable future in Jordan Bennington. Look what he did for you last year. Um, I realize that it's a long season and you're going to need both. And when Jake is playing well, you put him in there. But I think at some point you're going to have to say Jordan Bennington, you know, if he's if he's playing well, is your guy. Uh, You know, I know a lot of people are saying maybe they're showcasing. Jake Allen, to put him on the trade market. I absolutely do not think that's the scenario. I don't think they would would trade him. They realize that you need uh, the two goalies. And then if you do trade Jake Allen, who are you bringing in here? Billy Uso is not going to be your backup. So uh, I think right now they're just rolling with uh, the way things are are happening, and and that's that Jake Allen is playing really well. And as you touched on, tremendous on the road. So keep putting them out there on the road. Uh, But they're going to have to get to a point Uh, where they feel good, and and more so Jordan Bennington feels good about his game because they're going to need him.
0: A lot of interesting topics covered with JR there. Interesting about the Petrangelo stuff and the Toronto uh, rumors surrounding Petro. And uh, I know Mike Rupp, we had him, or we didn't have him on, but I heard a clip of him talking with Panger, and he thinks Doug Armstrong's going to be making a trade. What what trade that's going to be, I'm not sure, but you hear those rumors and you hear Mike Rupp talking about the Blues making a trade. Who knows what's going to happen with Alex Petrangelo. Let's get back to Jordan Cairo. Uh, Brian McCormick is going to join our pregame show tonight. He's the voice and play-by-play voice of the San Antonio Rampage talked uh, with Alex Ferrario that's going to air in our reporter's notebook tonight. So here's a clip of Alex talking with Brian McCormick just getting us set for Jordan Cairo tonight.
4: Tell our listeners a little bit about Jordan Cairo. Definitely a player who has uh, taken the AHL specifically for San Antonio by storm.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, Blues fans are going to get to see him at just the right time because his uh, offensive arc is on the, uh, the uptick. He was... Almost a point-per-game player at the Rampage, and that's gotten a little bit of a boost from his performance over the last week. Of course, had his first uh, professional hat trick last week against the Iowa Wilds, followed up with another goal in Toronto this past weekend. Uh, so a, a player who obviously came back from an injury that took him out at the end of last season. It took some time at the start of this year for him to get back on the ice and, and reacclimate it again. And, and even talking to head coach Drew Bannister, he said when Jordan came back, even though he was playing up a, a point-per-game uh, production, that you could still—he was still trying to find that that pure offensive goal scorers touch that's been a staple of his game for well since juniors. Uh, and and for the rampage, I think what they saw over the last week in terms of the way he was dictating play and the way he was uh, the way his, his shot was was producing over the course of the last two or three games kind of shows that he's turning the corner and coming back to feeling like his normal everyday self.
4: How lethal offensively can this guy be? Uh, Brian. I mean, we've seen him only a short spurt in the NHL did score a goal last season before he was sent back down to the AHL. But from what you've seen this season, he looks like he has a pretty lethal shot.
1: He does. And I think that's one of the greatest uh, indicators that he was again, finding his, his 100% form The, the hat trick that he had against Iowa Two goals on the power play. It was one from the right circle and one from the left circle, both of them from pretty much the top of the circle that he was able to beat the goaltender clean. And with, with that release, I, I think that's what we were seeing in the first few weeks of his return was he was scoring around the net mouth, uh, but, but his ability just to, to blow it past you pretty much, he wasn't quite back there yet. And that wasn't a matter of strength per se, just a matter of, I think, uh, repetition and, and instinct. And, again, that, that pure goal scorer's touch because that's something he does uh, that isn't necessarily overflowing on the on the rampage roster. The ability to just beat a goaltender one on one from distance. So his uh, his success last week and in the course of the last you know two weeks of that, I think, is an indicator that he's uh, just about back to normal. Uh, and then the other side, and it was it was something I think that was probably part of of his return this season and why they they were very patient with him is you know it was a lower body injury and his speed is one of his greatest assets. Last year at the AHL uh, skills competition at All Star Weekend. He put up the third fastest time ever in the uh, in the fastest lap, third or fourth, I believe, because the record was broken shortly after he went. But nonetheless, he, he's up there in the top five. Uh, so his his speed is tremendous. The Blues know that. Blues fans know that, and that's going to allow him to create separation and, and scoring opportunities. But uh, again, over the last week and a half, I'd say uh, all aspects coming together uh, in some sort of uh, synchronicity, and, and with that, he looks a lot more comfortable and a lot more dangerous.
0: So Jordan Kyler got a lot of upside getting a, his debut tonight, and will play with top players in Shen and Schwartz on that second line. Uh, I said yesterday I thought that he would play, uh, put him on the third line, uh, maybe with Bozak. But, and I've always been against that, even though I said that. I've always said, I've always complained that when the Blues bring up up skilled players, they bury them on the fourth line. And I wasn't necessarily trying to bury Cairo in the third line, per se, but I just thought with the way they handled Thomas last year and the way he's handled that that success, I thought that would be a a good plan to do with Kyru, put him on the third line with a Bozak, maybe a Barbershev, give him 10 minutes, 12 minutes, but they're going to give him, they're going to throw him right to the Wolves, see what he has. He is that kind of player, and um, when I saw that today, I was kind of shocked, to tell you the truth. And then when I saw Baruby's reasoning for it, Loved it. So, hopefully, he stays up there. We'll see what Jordan Cairo does with this opportunity tonight. Another thing or aspect of our broadcasts on the Blues Radio Network that you can catch is the Cup of Joe presented by Krispy Kreme. Joe Vitale gets inside the locker room and gets off script, gets off off hockey topics. That's for sure with some of these players. And he had a chance to sit down with Robert Thomas recently. They talked everything from Marvel Avengers. Robert Thomas has a pretty good knowledge of what's going on in the Marvel Universe. So here's the Krispy Kreme Cup of Joe. It's Joey Vitale with Robert Thomas
5: all right we're here with Robert Thomas on this cup of joe your favorite show you just said yeah favorite show I love the cup of joe I was talking to your plane buddy the other day Zach Sanford and he was talking to me about the, the movie choices you guys have had over this season kind of caught me off guard caught a lot of our listeners off guard as well he talked about Star Wars and superhero movies yeah. and um when did this start this whole evolution of you guys watching these I guess sci-fi would you call them sci-fi Right
4: here.
6: I'm not sure what you call them actually but uh no I mean yeah they're definitely real they could be real uh (laughs) no um yeah we love uh ever since disney plus came out watching all the marvel movies again and you know star wars lord of the rings that kind of stuff we've been we've been hitting them all so it's been uh it's been good if you could be one marvel character for one day who would you pick iron man for sure because he's most realistic kind of thing um you know he's human and uses uses science to to advance himself so that's my guy sandy who's your guy I'd go Thor Thor yeah, Thor I like Thor That's not bad at all It's not bad I'll take that
5: if, 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 Thor, if Thor And Iron Man Had a battle Who would win Have they had a battle yet On some of these movies okay. Um Yeah they do
6: fight In the one First one right Yeah yeah I think Thor would win to be honest with you yeah
5: well I'm sensing a a new angle I'm gonna take here. You mentioned the science behind why you would pick iron man i've heard you've been you're kind of a math whiz in this locker room, which may surprise a lot of people. It certainly surprised me, no offense, but I heard you're pretty good with numbers.
6: Wow, no offense even still hurts <laughs> no um yeah i don't know math 's always been something that kind of came easy to me and um, you know made a lot of sense for me just because you know if you don't get the right answer there's something wrong with your with what you're doing and you know a lot of the other subjects are all subjective to you know the teacher and that kind of thing so um yeah I'd always something that interested me and something that I kind of did well in in school
5: so instead of like a creative writing story where there's lots of options and opinions about what's good what's not good or art for example I like this piece I don't like this piece you like the fact that with math there's one answer and if you don't get that answer you did something wrong you have to go back and check your work
6: yeah no that's exactly it um yeah I mean I, I think the worst thing ever is when you know you, you do a creative writing or, or whatever and you know you really like your idea and really like everything and the teacher just shuts it down on you. It's like this is terrible and gives you a bad mark. So uh, it's nice, kind of in math, you know, whenever you have a test or something, doesn't matter how you kind of get to the answer, but if you get the right answer and it ma- and it works, then you get it right. Well, speaking of shutting down, to
5: finish this off here, Robert, a little bit of a shutdown for you guys. It's been a crazy November. A lot of road games, a lot of travel. You guys have one home game in the next five nights. So a little bit of a rest coming your way, how much
6: is that going to mean to you and your guys' bodies? Oh, that's huge, uh, especially with kind of, you know, all the injuries we've had so far this year. Um, it'll be it'll be huge for some of our big guys that, you know, log a ton of minutes and even just everyone, you know, the travel, the amount of games we've had, it's, it's really wearing down on us and, um, you know, we're still finding ways to win, which is really important and, uh, yeah, this rest over the next couple days is going to be huge. That was Robert Thomas, the mathematician,
5: on this Krispy Kreme Cup of Joe. Robert, thanks for your time, but and go get them tonight. Let's go put up some numbers
0: tonight. How about that? Damn right, spread, man. Catch those on our intermission. The Krispy Kreme Cup of Joe with Joe Vitale and one of the Blues players inside the locker room having a little fun. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Daily Blues podcast today. We are on the air tonight at 5.30 with the Blues pregame show, the Mitsubishi Electric pregame show presented by First Community. BMW of West St. Louis pregame skate starts at 6.00. Puck drop at 6.30 tonight with Curbs and Joey on the call. Blues and Buffalo tonight on 101 ESPN. Remember what I always say, go see a ball game often, follow your local teams. It really is fun for the entire family. My name is Dan Betlock signing off here on the Daily Blues podcast on 101ESPN.com.